Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you, and we'll be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how Grit and Grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. I'm really excited today because I have an amazing woman by the name of Stacy joining me. She is the founder and CEO of Rise Collaborative. She launched this company that is truly changing the way women do business. Rise Collaborative Workspace has been featured in publications including NBC News, USA Today, Bloomberg, St. Louis Business Journal, Elle Magazine, and literally is the leader in multi-billion dollar co-working industry. And Stacy started in St. Louis, and I am so happy to share with all of you that she is coming to Denver. So she's joining me today to talk about all of the different things that are going on with her growth and expansion and where she's been. Now, since opening only in February of 2017, Rise Collaborative's growing membership includes 250 of some of the most impressive businesswomen in St. Louis. Dozens of members have reported business growth of 150% or more since joining Rise Collaborative, which is just phenomenal. Focused on empowering women in business and building social capital, Stacy and Rise Collaborative create meaningful connections between individuals, companies, and organizations to foster a stronger and healthier business community for women, soon to be in Denver as well. Stacy's also the co-founder and co-president of Rise Society, and that's the 501c3 arm of Rise Collaborative, which all of you know I'm a big fan of all the work we do in our communities. And this 501c3 provides programming, mentorships, and scholarships to help women of all ages tap into a powerful pipeline for success. Through Rise Society and speaking to aspiring female leaders and businesswomen in St. Louis and in Denver, she is actively investing in the next generation of smart, strong, and successful women, both in St. Louis and now soon in Denver. Stacy, thank you for joining me. <laughs> you're so amazing. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I love what you're doing. I think the idea of bringing women together, not just for the powerful collaboration that takes place when women are literally in the same <laughs> but you're doing it with an intentional focus on using each other for growth. Tell me. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think it stems from my background. I was a high school math teacher. So I have this passion for trying to change the world. You know, I don't know about you, but all like the, the teacher movies like Stand and Deliver or Freedom Riders, I'd be the girl sobbing in the background. You know, so I'm all about trying to change the world. And while I'm not doing that through education anymore, I'm doing it through Rice Collaborative. Mm. Yeah. So tell me about your, like your career where you started <laughs> as a math teacher. Like how did, how did you go from being a math know, teacher, right? like leading all of these tribes of female owned <laughs> businesses to like greater growth? It's crazy. Uh, you asked me five years ago, I would never have told you I'd be here. I have my degree in math, so I'm a huge nerd at heart, you know, and I started my career as a high school math teacher and wanted to be a principal by the time I was like 28, which I laughed because I interned at 24. And I don't know about you, but me at 24, I barely knew how to be an adult, let alone a principal. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure that I still always know how to be an adult, to be honest. But, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> you and me both, right? But at 24, I'm interning as a principal at this high school. Keep in mind, the students are 16, 17, 18. And 
it just wasn't the right fit. You know, I wasn't very good at it and I hated being the bad guy. Why? Okay. But why weren't you good at it? Cause I mean, I've met you, I know you, you have you're very charismatic <laughs> and your energy is so positive. Was it oh, just you. difficult being on the side of having to manage the administration part of schools? Well, think about it. I'm a 24 year old girl with very little life experience at that point. I'm talking to 16 and 17 year olds and I'm supposed to discipline them, right? Yeah. They know they screwed up. I know they screwed up, but they're not, they're lying to you about it. And I know they're lying, but I couldn't get them to, you know, it's just dealing with high school kids and just didn't have the life experience to be able to discipline. And like I said, I want to talk about the why of their choices versus just here's the detention and go on your way. Yeah. You yeah. know, high school's tough. And it's tough. But oh. I'm sure that I'm sure that one of the positives was the fact that it hadn't been so long since you were in high school. So you could yeah. relate in a way that I'm sure a lot of administrative <laughs> roles in schools can't because, you know, you were just in high school only six oh, years no, before that. Did that, did that make a difference, though, that did, they connected with you? It definitely did, but I think that's what caused me to not like it as much because I understood the more why they were doing it. And so as an administrator, your job is really the more parental role, right? Where I was more almost like a peer, if you will. And I think that's what ultimately drove me to, weirdly enough, get a second master's in school counseling because I wanted to have the conversations behind, you know, who are you? What do you want to be when you grow up? And helping them on that path versus here's a detention, go back to your class. And not that principals only do that. I don't mean to oversimplify their job, right. but I just realized the position, I wanted to be more the counselor than the principal. So I got another degree. <laughs> you know what? Actually, that's a, that totally makes sense to me. I can see you yeah. doing that because that would, that would allow the human connection piece, which I'm yeah. sure you still carry with you today because of that. Oh, absolutely. I, it's funny. I have two masters and in many ways I'm not using them, but all the lessons that I learn and the ability to connect with humans, once you get your master's in counseling, the whole world starts telling you their life. It's like this subtle shift in how you engage <laughs> with people. And you send this message of tell me your life story, your deepest, darkest secrets. It just starts happening. It's weird, but in a good way. Weird yeah. in a good way. Yeah. People see that your education is going to allow you to see what they tell you through a different lens. Um, right. And I, I think that does happen. Actually, I, I really do think that people that work in that field also have a different type of gentleness um, about yeah. them at times because your understanding of what could potentially be going on, say, chemically or, um, you know, in terms of your life experiences Absolutely. Just understand it a little bit better too, right? Well, and have an open mind, right? Like you learn about your own struggles and you start to work on yourself. And so you start to see behind the curtain yourself and you're more willing to let others show behind the curtain. And it's just a more open mind, less judgy place. So um, I think people can yeah. feel that where you can let down your guard and really be your real self. There's something uh, about when you do it, you empower other people to do it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Now that totally makes sense to me. <laughs> Which is what we're doing at Rice yeah, Collaborative. Right. Our whole thing is creating a space where women can let down their guard and be their real self because that's life changing. And it's not easy. You know, no, I. No, it's not. And, you know, I know that you're. Let's. Okay, before we dive in, because we have <laughs> lots to talk about about Rise Collaborative, but yeah, tell absolutely. me about like your experience in St. Louis. So you went from, you know, being an assistant principal to going to get your second master's. And then, then what happened? Well, then I was 33 and highly educated and lost <laughs> because, you know, at this point I have two masters, about 12 years of teaching and, you know, I didn't dislike teaching, but it didn't light me up. Right. I didn't just like yeah. counseling, but I knew ultimately in a school setting, it wasn't the right place for me in a school setting. It was more about credit checking and schedule checking and all these finite details. And I'm not that girl. 
-hmm. You know, I'm about big ideas and connecting, not the spreadsheets and credit checking. And so I was floundering. I was 33, lost, and not knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up. And life has a funny way of sending you loud messages when that is happening. So true. And it sounds like you were in the doer mode when really your, your purpose is that visionary role. Yes. I, you know, I view it all as solving math problems. I know that's so nerdy, but starting a business, like my students when I was a teacher would always ask, when am I ever going to need this? You know, why am I learning this topic of math? This is so silly. I will Mm. never use it. And it's funny because they're right in some ways. They're not going to be factoring and doing the quadratic formula and all that stuff. But this idea of being faced with a problem that you don't know how to solve initially and looking at it from all different angles and coming up with a creative solution, to me, that's what solving a math problem is about. Mm. And that's my favorite thing about business. Solving problems. Yeah, I mean, because when you go out on your own, every day you hear a no or something that seems insurmountable, um, but you just have to look at it a little bit differently and come up with a little different solution to be able to accomplish your goals. Mm, yes. Oh, yes. Now you're talking <laughs> my language. Ooh, girl. I, I think because, you know, as a female entrepreneur, as you know, like literally that's how we spend all of oh, our days. It's, right. it's there's, To me, there's no such thing as a real no. There is, right. There's always a, a different option. I like to think about it. I've given this visual a couple of times on my podcast that, you know, the path to A to Z is not a straight line. Mm-hmm. It is a curve and jagged path, but you know, you, you can always get to Z. It just right. might be in a different way than you expected, which is where I think you're talking about sort of that open-mindedness that you yeah. have comes from is understanding that, okay, I, I know what I want to do, but now I need to come up with how to, how to do it <laughs> and then expect that everything you plan is probably going to change anyway. <laughs> well, absolutely. And I think the clearer you are on what you're trying to accomplish, like the why behind it, mm. the more open you are on the how right? Mm. It's like the how you're going to do it. My passion is about changing a young women's life. I started a company in 2013, January, 2013 to do it. I didn't start a co-working space for women. I started a tutoring coaching company for high school girls. And while I'm on this crazy other path, my, st- my why has not changed, right? This idea of creating a pipeline for success has not changed. Just the how I'm doing it and the, the details looks different, but my why has never changed. And that's what you have to be open to. And that's what solving a math problem is about. It's about coming at things at all different angles and being willing to keep going and looking at it differently, but being clear on where you're trying to get. So much love for that. <laughs> really, if, we keep, if we keep that why behind our, our actions and everything we do, it's, it's life-changing. I mean, use this podcast as a perfect example. You know, it's my, my focus at Corporate Cause Agency, which is my business. You know, I focus on helping businesses foster and develop really good partnerships in the community, right? Like taking, instead of writing checks, you know, creating relationships. So there is a, you know, a, a win-win for everybody, which expands everyone's network. But ultimately, what that does is help support community organizations and nonprofits. And that's my passion. That's my jam. And I have different ways of doing that, you know, sharing stories like yours and all the amazing guests that come on the show is to talk about how we change lives. And that's my why. And I just do it in a whole variety of ways. But if you keep that in mind, then there's lots of different activities you can have within that umbrella of your purpose. Absolutely. And I think people get so hung up on this vision, they try to think it to make it reality. And Mm. they try to assume that they're going to see the perfect right picture and they're just going to do it. But 
the picture evolves. I often compare it to this idea of pointillism. I don't know if you're familiar with that art form. There's a famous picture painting by George Seurat called The Sunday Afternoon. It's beautiful. It's this community picture and it's stunning. And it was done by pointillism, which is just dots on a page. All they use to create this picture, this beautiful wow. images are dots on a page. And imagine when you start that painting, the dots must look so random, so disjoint. Nobody looking at it would have any clue how it's going to end up. But as the artist, you have this vision, and at the end, it all sort of starts to make sense and come together. That's what this path is like. You don't always know how it's all going to come together at the end, but you have this clear vision. You keep heading, and you keep putting those dots on the page. Mm, that's a really good example. I'll have to look that painting. Yeah, up. Sunday Afternoon by George Seurat. It's beautiful. It's my favorite. We might, we might have to share that. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, or a replication of that, not the real one, <laughs> A replication of that uh, with our listeners. Because that's a, that's a great example. And yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so let's go back. So you started your own business tutoring. Yes, tutoring coaching in January 2013. I finished up my master's. I was floundering, thinking, what on earth am I going to do? Two very important things happened in my life. One good, one not so good. Uh, In July 4th, 2012, a young woman at my school committed suicide. She hung herself at her best friend's party. And you can just imagine how devastating that was. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I didn't understand suicide at that time. I had not done the research to understand just how complicated it is and just how multi-layered and multifaceted it is. You know, today, a perfect example is with Kate Spade, right? From the outside, we assume that they have this perfect, fabulous life. And those are not the things that play into suicide. Suicide's complicated, right? Yeah. But you start looking for answers and you start saying, like, how can this happen? This young woman is going into her senior year. She has everything you can imagine from the outside, you know, and, and you just start looking. And that sent me on this path of, oh, something has to change. This is terrible. How can we let these things happen? So that happened on July 4th. And then at the end of July, I met an entrepreneur who started a company when he was 26. And at 31, when I met him, he, his company had 40 million in revenue. Wow. I didn't know people like that. I had never met anyone like that. I grew up very lower middle class and those people, quotation marks, you know, are so, I thought they were so different from me. And that exposure to somebody like that and make me realize like, he's no smarter than me, right? I may even be a little smarter than him, which was like, life altering to realize and he's as normal as can be right so it's like the case of being being hard to believe something until you see it and then you saw it you can't be what you can't see right and that you know this tragedy and then this exposure to someone like that and I could see a little bit myself in him set me down this whole crazy path that I'm on because I, you know, enough, that, that suicide was a tipping point for me. Enough is enough. And if I can change one life or help to, uh, you know, help someone else to avoid something like that, that's my purpose in life. It's to help young women set on this more positive path and see beyond their nose. Because when you're at that age, you can't see beyond your nose. And when high school is sucking as it does suck sometimes, you know, it, it's challenging. So you wanted to create a space where girls, teenagers, and and women could come together and share in those experiences yes. to help each other be successful. So so those feelings are a little maybe lessened because listen, we all know women our own age, you know, and and younger, but our own age even now over the age of forty that struggle to oh gosh, find I mean, their fit, 
right? And part of it's because they're not surrounded by a tribe of supporters. It's, Absolutely. Absolutely. And think about it. We are so much more connected than ever before. You know, you don't even have to leave your house to get your groceries because, you know, you can use Instagram, not Instagram, what am I saying? You can use social media and all these different apps to make your life easier, but we are more disconnected than ever before. And we are hardwired for connection. And when you don't have that connection, whether you're 16, 17, 30, 50, 70, it changes how you feel. Right? right? That loneliness epidemic we are seeing is because we, we are disconnected right? Uh, and we need it. I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert, because I am actually a secret introvert, but that doesn't mean that you're not craving connection and that you're hardwired for it. And so how can I create this home, this space, whether it's for high school girls or adult women, where, you know, you can let your guard down and feel connected, Yes, I think that that is absolutely wonderful. And we're going to dive more into that. But first, we need to hear a little message from our sponsors. And all these amazing sponsors and supporters of our show, they actually help keep the Ladies Chit Chat Club moving forward, which we really appreciate. So tune into them and we'll be right back. Okay, and we're back. So we were just talking about the need to be connected and how important that is to thrive. And that's not just for young women, because I know that that's what touched you a lot, but you know, now all these years that you've lived, that that stays with us. That's there forever. We are ingrained to need that connection. Absolutely. And it's funny talking to high school girls and now having interviewed thousands of women, some of the same struggles and some of the same feelings happen no matter how old you are. You know, the mean girl silliness that happens in high school, I want to tell those girls, like when you're an adult, that doesn't happen. Oh, man. But sadly, I know 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, I don't care how old you are, I see women still doing it. Um, And that's sad. That saddens me tremendously. And then I experience the other end of the spectrum where women are wanting to lift each other up and believe in this idea of shine theory. And that's a totally different experience. And that's the space that we all need to be in is that that ability to be with people that help you shine. And I did a podcast. um, I don't even know when a while back called, you know, finding your tribe. And I talk a lot about that because I've had to make a lot of changes in my own life in starting my business and being able to stay focused on doing the things that I'm doing to reach my goals. And it has, unfortunately, it has created some situations where I realize that people around me are, are not, they're not, you know, they're not cheering me on. And that could be for a multitude of reasons. You know, I I delved into it a little bit on the podcast, but I think that part of it is that sometimes women judge themselves based upon somebody else's success. And I don't know, there is a famous thought leader that talks a lot about this and maybe you'll, you'll know, but the, 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 the necessity to judge ourselves by someone else is like one of the biggest killers of confidence that a woman can have because we are all different. Our goals are different. What you want is different than me. And that doesn't mean that what you want's better or worse. It just means it's different. But for some reason, women, we have this, you know, this really bad habit of allowing jealousy to drive our, our emotions. And unfortunately it still is there today, but I've just had to make very conscious choices to take that out of my life to allow space for those that, that want me to shine. Oh, absolutely. And that's why at Rise, we live by the quote, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with by Jim Rohn. And it is so true. 
who you surround yourself with really affects how you feel. And it, you know, one that that term shine theory. I wish I could say I came up with it, but I did not. <laughs> there are two impressive women, Anne Friedman and her good friend Amina. And I don't, I'm going to butcher her last name, so I'm not even going to try. But two women came up with that term shine theory, and it's this idea of like I don't shine if you don't shine. I don't want to get to the top by myself. I want to get to the top by all of my friends. And what I love about them is she talks about, you know, it's not that those feelings don't bubble up. It's not that, that those moments of scarcity or that freak out of, oh my gosh, this woman's doing something amazing. It's going to take away from mine. That, that's natural. It's been embedded in us. It's perpetuated, right? It's this idea of what do I do with it? It's a practice. And it's this choice of I'm not going to let that tear me down. And I want to shine a light and, and prop her up and push past that feeling. And I, I think you have to, you have to choose that. And it's yes. just a practice like anything else. But it also brings you the greatest joy because oh, when, when, when I help somebody else be successful or find a drive and purpose in them, boy, it takes what I'm doing and makes it less significant even to me because then their success feels better to me, right? It's, oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's almost self-gratifying in a sense that when you start to realize that helping somebody else makes you feel way better <laughs> than helping yourself. And, oh, you know, totally. and that's what you're doing. I mean, you started yeah. this and okay, so let's, let's yeah. continue back onto the story because I think we could talk about like women and- I know, right? You know, I we, sure, and we will. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep talking about that. But so you were in St. Louis when you started this company and yes. you this this suicide, terrible tragedy happened. And then you met this mega millionaire and <laughs> thought, wow, wait a minute. I know that I have way more in me to give. Right. And so it was just a matter of figuring out what should this look like, right? Mm -hmm. So that happened right in the summer of 2012. So that school year started, 2012-2013 school year, and I was the worst teacher. <laughs> I doubt I, that, but... <laughs> I was, though, because my, my, my passion, I would stand up and teach math. And then I'd be sitting down at my desk and surrounded by these senior girls who from the outside had it all, but from the inside were really struggling, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to figure out life and, and deal with grief and all these different emotions. And I'm figuring out what can I create to help them? And I set them on this really positive path. And so in January, 2013 of that school year, while teaching full-time, I started the company Girls Dreaming Big, a tutoring coaching company. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had read a book, $100 Startup, which was amazing and helped me. I you know, watched Sheryl Sandberg's TED Talk. And I know there's lots of different feelings on her philosophy of lean in, but it was a catalyst for me, seeing her talk about this idea of women championing things. Mm -hmm. And then I found Brene Brown's TED Talk. Mm -hmm. So these, these people always ask, like, what was the tipping point for you? Like, what was this big moment? And it's a multitude of moments, right? It's a bunch of things that add up to get you to where you need to be. Mm. And so I launched that company and was featured on Cheryl Sandberg's uh, website, which is amazing because my face was right next to Oprah's face. <laughs> and I am like obsessed with Oprah. And my students didn't care that my face was next to Oprah's for the time being. I had the picture off to show you because my face is also next to Ryan Seacrest. Oh, and they were like funny. losing their mind over Ryan Seacrest. And I'm losing my mind over Oprah, right? So, so funny. Like, I hope you took a, like a whole bunch of screenshots. Oh, of don't you worry. Like, I got forever. it. Okay. Yeah, I got it. And I will show it because I doubt it's like that anymore. It was like <laughs> one moment in time where my face are next to these people. But to me, that was amazing. And I'm, you know, I start this company and I have this success right out of the gate and I, you know, start to gain confidence and momentum while teaching. And so I have the courage to leave my full-time job 
Mm. and really focus on my company. My parents thought I lost my mind because maybe I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Actually, uh, people still probably think that because- it's it's a thing when you ch- when you change the trajectory of your life and the, and people around you have not done that and they don't understand they just can't relate it's never at least in my experience it's never been negative i do have a lot of people out there that think i've lost my mind especially when <laughs> I, I was going to start a podcast i definitely right. a lot of that but it's not that they don't necessarily support they just they can't relate they think that that's way out of the stratosphere <laughs> Well, and it stirs up their own fear. So like my mom has always been my biggest champion my whole life. Like I am so thankful to her. But Mm -hmm. I will tell you when I left education to focus on this, she was not supportive. And it was devastating to me because I'd never experienced that from her. And we would go to lunch every weekend at Nordstrom's Bistro. And I can remember sitting at Nordstrom's being like, mom, I need you to support me. Like you've always been my biggest cheerleader and this is killing me. And she is in Nordstrom's bawling her eyes out because it just stirred up so much fear for her. And it was such out of her realm of reality. And she's like, Stacey, I, I just, I don't want to fake it. And I finally said to her, just fake it. I don't care. I just need you. And giving her permission to fake it because she didn't understand it was game changing for her, just Mm -hmm. giving her permission. And now she's my biggest cheerleader and she's now understands it, but it was just out of her realm. My mom was a teacher. My dad worked in middle America, middle management, like corporate. None of this was in the realm of understanding. And so that was really big for me is giving them permission and understanding that people closest to me are the people that you would think would get it the most, but they often get it the least and that that's okay. I guarantee you that so many people listening to this podcast can relate to that because if you have ever attempted to start a business or launch something new in your life that is completely outside what anybody has ever thought of even considering doing, it creates a lot of waves and ripples in ways that you can't, you can't, you can't predict. You don't know that it's going to happen. And I remember I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine, probably maybe three or four months into my business. And this person was like, you know, not, not pushing me, but, you know, kind of bugging me in a joking way about my lack of availability or the change in my schedule because I'm working really hard and there are time constraints to what I have to do. And I remember sitting this person down, like looking them across the table and just saying, Hey, listen, I have, I have two choices. (laughs) Like I I have two choices with you. I can tell you that a, if you love and support me and what I want to do, and that love is like absolutely unconditional, then all of this over here that you expect me to do needs to stop right now. Right. Because in order for me to be successful, I'm going to tell you that B, this is, this is the path I need to go on over here to reach that goal. And it was, it was such a huge eye opener to this friend and it was, everything has been really fun. <laughs> Good for you for having but, that conversation. Cause I think too often people won't. They just let it go. And I, I, I loved this friend and I felt like if I don't have this conversation, they're never going to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. But reminding them that as, as friends, you love and support each other unconditionally, but the pressure to be something that they knew I was in the past, it was hard. It was well, really and that, hard. And that's why I think we're successful. It's interesting. People always ask me about our features and our competitive advantage and all these business terms as to why our co-working space is different than everyone else's but I don't think it's about our features that we offer. I think it's about when you take people and you surround them by people who support and get what you're trying to do, and we're all collectively striving for something bigger and better than ourselves, 
that changes you. And that it's that feeling you get when you're around that energy. That's why people love Rice Collaborative. It's not because of the, you know, this feature or that feature. While well, we have fabulous special features, <laughs> which we're going to talk about <laughs> which here, we're going to talk about. But it's not about that. It's about mm -hmm. how often do you get to be around people who truly believe in you, support you, and sometimes these are people you just met, but they're so sharing in that same energy. So you're also talking though about people that are staying on the leading edge of self-development because Absolutely. you can't, you can't stop that process of keeping an open mind and, you know, embracing each other and working on supporting each other. That is, that is not something that stops here. This is an ongoing journey that we all go through. So that means that everybody involved in order to stay in that space must have a component of personal growth. Well, on top of shine theory being one of our core values, one of our other core values, we have several, but the next one is about, you know, growing personally and professionally. Uh, that is a okay. core values of us that you are constantly focused on growing personally and professionally. So all of our programming is around that. It's about growing personally and professionally. And I know Brene Brown is one of your favorites yeah. and she's one of my I'm favorites meet, too. We got to meet her. <laughs> and just so you know, we're going to put everybody on notice on this podcast. Right <laughs> Stacey and I are going to get Brene to Denver. Just so you know, if you love Brene Brown, you need to listen to our podcast because when we bring yeah. her to Denver, we're going to put her on this podcast and bring her into the space. So, yeah, that um, is our dream. But she I does talk a lot about that. You can't stop learning. You can't stop yeah. reading and learning and growing. You just, you just can't. If you want to be significant, you have to continue to learn. And I think that, um, you know, there's, a common philosophy now that you hear a lot of people throw around and that's that the day you stop learning is the day you stop you start dying and I want to still be learning when I'm 90. <laughs> right? Doesn't that sound fun? Well, and I think about my transition. When I was a teacher, teaching came natural to me. I didn't know who Brene Brown was. Teaching came mm -hmm. natural. I had this heavy, thick armor around me to protect myself. And I thought I had it all figured out. And let me tell you, people thought I was a big old B. I don't, we're not cussing on the show, but yeah. you can imagine what that B stood for. Yeah. And I repelled people. I didn't protect myself. I actually caused myself a lot of pain because of that armor. Mm. And once I listened to Brene Brown and understand the idea of the power of vulnerability and the gifts of imperfection, I let that down. And I started admitting, like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And please help me. It totally changed how people connected with me vulnerability that's the word it's yes. vulnerability is is what allows people to connect and relate it's a magnet yeah, yeah it's that a makes total magnet sense. so when you were in this process of developing you know girls dreaming big like how long did you stay with just that because i know you've expanded past that so yes. how long did you stay just working on that so that started in january 2013 i left teaching at the end of that school year in may and then I thought, well, gosh, I've had all this success while teaching. Imagine what's going to happen when I have all, you know, time to focus on it. And I could do it full time instead of a side hustle. <laughs> yeah. It sounds logical, right? We yeah. can all see where this is going, but it yeah. sounded logical. It was fatally flawed. I took for granted how much my classroom and my peers were why I was successful out of the gate. And I crashed and burned that summer. Mm. I could not get off the couch. It was such this slow time in my life that I was thinking, what the heck did I just do? Because how mm. terrifying and lonely to be doing something. And I didn't know people, other people who were doing what I was doing. And I just needed this community, this tribe of people who got it. Um, so yeah, me and Netflix became good friends. We're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors and we will be right back. 
Yeah, as someone that works remotely and has created a company that primarily lives in a digital space, that that connection, that change, if you're used to daily connection interactions with other people, taking that away must have felt devastating. Oh, it was horrible. But luckily, I reached out to some smart, strong, successful women because I was thinking, okay, if I want to help high school girls achieve their dreams, I know how to be a math teacher, which is a great profession. But what if a girl wants to do something else? How do I support her? So I just reached out to my friends and I said, hey, who do you know that's a smart, strong, successful woman that would share with me her journey mm. that I could pass on that information? to the high school girls and that became I left Netflix and then numbed by having (laughs) coffee with these women and my first year I met with 300 women oh my gosh yeah and I had business coaches being like you might want to stop that but I'm so glad I didn't uh, because it allowed me to start this whole other business and this whole other path and so I didn't answer your question my girls dream big started in January 2013 and it has been going all the way through until about May of this year so I was doing both for a really long time Yes, but thankfully interviewing all these women set me on this other path because think about it, high school girls I would meet with from three until like 8.30 in the evening, but what am I doing with my time during the day? And what I filled my time with was connecting with incredible, amazing women. Did you document that? I'm just curious to know. I know, right? (laughs) I didn't at first, but then, let's see, when was that? The summer of 2014, I had an intern who coincidentally now is my community manager in St. Louis and she was going into her senior year and I was like in she in order to get paid for her her school was amazing they paid for her housing that summer as long as she worked 40 hours a week (laughs) I was like well that's amazing how am I gonna fill that time so that summer we did I have it on my website girls dreaming big we started video uh and recording these interviews with these women. So I do have some, not nearly as many as I could, um, but it is fun. it was fun to do it. And it got me on film and I was so awkward and cameras <laughs> make me so nervous. My mom was like, you're starting to get a little better. <laughs> so I, I cringe at telling all of you this, but if you go back and watch, you'll have to deal with my awkwardness. Yeah, hey, we're, we're, we've all been there, but that's, that's amazing that you were able to connect with so many people. Yeah. And, what, and what, I mean, what are the key things that you took away from that? Well, absolutely. Being a mathematician, I love me some patterns and I found three patterns. The first being that the women I was connected with, they too craved connection Mm. with women who are similar and like-minded. And when I say like-minded, I don't mean like an echo chamber because these women were very diverse in age and background and ethnicity. It's this idea of like-minded in terms of striving and ambitious you know, this idea of women who also are growth-minded, you know, women who are collaborative and positive. That's what I mean when I say like-minded. The second thing was that they, like myself, had this passion for giving back to the next generation. So how do I create more opportunities for that? And then lastly, as weird as it sounds, while I love coffee shops and they are wonderful in many ways, they really get old fast. Yeah. And it's like the weird little things that you don't think of, but like who watches my laptop? When I go to the bathroom, I know that sounds so silly and trivial. Totally not at all. Anybody that's had regular sets of meetings at at coffee shops, I mean, half the time I take my laptop, half the time I'm like, oh, and then I have to turn everything off and then, you know, bring it back. And even your jacket, like, 
Yes, all these it's little a public noises. space. It's a public, it's a public space. space. Yeah. And so, what you know, it was like, okay, how do I take these patterns that I've seen and create something that benefits my company and my need, creating a home for girls dreaming big? And oh my gosh, how cool would it be to hang out with these women on a consistent, regular basis and solve their problems too? Mm. Create taking the flexibility of the coffee shop, right? But then adding the polish of a corner office so they can we can all really up our game. There's something to be said about doing a client meeting at a coffee shop versus doing a client meeting in this really impressive space. It yes. ups your game. Right. So selfishly, I started a second company to solve my first company's problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And right. that was and that was the development of Rise Collaborative. Absolutely. At the end December 2014 is when the idea started to percolate, if you will. Wow. And so here we are in December yes. 2018. Working on national expansion. <laughs> so you started the first office in St. Louis in 2017. We opened officially in 2017. It's interesting. Uh, when we're in the press, they often say 2015 because officially that's when the company like launched. I like formed uh, my LLC in 2015. Gotcha. But oh my goodness, it took me so much longer than ever expected. I had this yeah. huge company launch party in September 2015 in St. Louis in this beautiful rooftop lounge. I had over 23 sponsors. You know, I had four amazing women in St. Louis come as speakers. It was like this big production. I had 50 50 of some of the most impressive women in St. Louis come attend my event. And I stood in front of all these women and I was like, launching early next year, you know, and I really meant it and believed it. I had, it was just blissfully naive and ignorant to what it really takes to get something of this level and caliber off the ground. So mm. while we did open early of a year, it was just off by a full year. It took me a whole nother year to really accomplish what I envision. So I laugh about that. Yeah. Things always take way longer than you Gosh, think they're going right? to take. But you know what? That's been part of your journey of learning. That's oh, what's right. got you here. I mean, there's no better way to learn how you're going to do this nationally over and over <laughs> and over again than right? doing it once and not know what to expect. And, and every time you get knocked down, you just pick yourself up. And in the big scheme of things, what's a year? And really just being honest and open. Like some people are like, I can't believe that you were so public. And, you know, I started sharing about Denver expansion before we even had a building. And there are some people who don't live by the philosophy of sharing and being open like that. They wait until they're perfectly buttoned up to talk about things. And there's pros and cons, right? Like in different people, different philosophies, totally fine. But I believe in being open and sharing my journey and showing behind the curtain because even if Denver would have blown up, which <laughs> trust me, <laughs> there were many days where it almost did. I was okay with that. And I was prepared to admit that to the public. I mean, I went a whole extra year than I ever expected, you know, when I first launched my company. So it, to me, it's about being authentic and transparent. And if I just show a perfect buttoned up place, I'm not inspiring anyone else because that's not what yeah. life looks like. And that's, well, that's not how not, starting a business works. And that's not vulnerability. And that's, right. as we we're just talking, that's, that's where your true, you know, light shines is when you are. And, and I mean, another example is the subscription box that I've launched. I told you yeah. that I'm bringing great grace and glory, a subscription box of items made by women for women, just celebrating all the great things about women. And I, I put a pre-launch site up and got it out there 
really early, even though the subscriptions aren't for sale yet. I, you know, we are working on, I have a designer commissioned, an artist commissioned to design the boxes and we're procuring products now, but it's not done and it doesn't matter to me. I've had about, you know, 50 people message me and say, well, is this going to be out in time for Christmas? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> but it's, it's like here, this is, you're also putting it out to the world. You're saying universe, this is what I'm going to do. That's your way of, that's like saying four. Right? It's like saying where it's going. And no, I totally agree with that philosophy. But yeah, and everybody's on board and that's totally that's okay. You don't have to be. Yeah. No. And there's nothing wrong with that. No judgment there either. It's just not who I am. So you put it out there and tell me about what it was like because you have 250. We're actually up to like 270 now. Oh my gosh. Now it's crazy. Is that people that use permanent space in this shared office? Yeah, so we're a little bit different than your average co-working space. We're kind of a hybrid model, right? Because we have, yes, we have in St. Louis 11 private offices, and it truly is their home base. It is their office. You know, we give them a desk and a chair, but they design it. It's so fun to see, like, how they add their own flavor and flair to it. And they are there day in, day out, right? In Denver, we're going to have 14 private offices just like that. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because those women really define the space. They're like our anchor tenants, if you you will. Mm-hmm. And we in St. Louis sold out those 11 private offices before our grand opening. It was crazy. And I hope to do it here in Denver too, because what's so cool is we strive for industry exclusivity. Mm. So we have in those you know, 14 in Denver and 11 in St. Louis, we have one small business accountant. We have a digital marketing company. We have um, a financial planner. We have an executive director. We have a counselor who actually sees clients there. And I love that because counseling should not be stigmatized. And so she sees clients in our space. Uh, We have an event planner, you know, these interesting different industries that a lot of businesses really need. Yes. Uh, And they serve as our anchor tenants in our space. So we are looking for those leaders in Denver to serve as our anchor tenants. We've sold two of our 14 offices and I can't tell you how obsessed I am with these women. They are so incredible uh, and they really add a lot of value to our space. Yeah, that's so exciting. And and I'm just going to preface this here. For those of you that are listening, there is still space available in Denver. The space has not opened yet and we're going to talk more in detail about it. But if you're catching us right here at this point, just know that there is lots of availability in Denver, which is part of what I'm really excited about because at the end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be in that space. We'll talk about that at the end. But so St. Louis is full. You have a lot of well, full in the sense of the private offices, Ah, right? So we're this hybrid model, right? Yes. In terms of private offices, we have 11 in St. Louis and 14 here in Denver. But I mean, how do we get to 270 members, right? With only 14 or 11, and that's from what we call our drop-in members, and they are much more about the community in this curated community of amazing women, and they engage in different ways. We have different levels of membership for different needs, and it comes down to how much access do you need and want from the workspace, and how much do you just care about the community? We put on weekly programming that's both educational and social. And so some women are like, look, I don't need your space. I really, I I have an office. I have corporate women. I have women who are CEOs of $500 million companies. So clearly they have beautiful offices, Mm. but they join to be a part of this community, this part of changing the lives and create a pipeline for success. And whether it's coming to our weekly programming, whether it's leading the weekly programming, because our program is led by our members for our members, 
you know, or maybe it's because of our backend portal, this idea of social capital. We have a backend portal where you can see all of the community and their areas of expertise. There's something about saying like, oh, I want to connect with this really impressive woman who's a lawyer. Click, then you see who that is. Or I want to connect with a writer. Who's in our community that's a writer? Click, that's who it is. Some women don't come to our programming or use our workspace that they just joined for the portal, which cracks me up. I never would have told you that would happen. That's fine. Uh, and some women join because of the half off our meeting rooms. We have a beautiful right. classroom. We have beautiful huddle rooms and social media rooms. They're like, I don't need your workspace. I don't need your programming, but I want 50% off your meeting rooms. So, okay, um, so, so let's really talk about the tangible space itself. Yes. I've had a chance to tour the future Denver location, which is amazing. Yes. It's like you go into the space and it just has good mojo. Yes. You found a space that has good mojo. So that, that, that part I, I've it seen. Immediately uh, to me. Oh, I oh yeah. The moment I walked in, the windows, the brightness yes. of it the openness of it. I was like, I need this space. Yes. So it's not just for women owned businesses that yeah. either work remotely or, you know, for, for someone like me that, uh, my goal is to stay in a digital space, of course, but there is, there is a space there for women that just need that temporary space a couple of times a week to host meetings or go in and collaborate. But there's also space there for people that are needing to just get out of the environment they're in to maybe foster more creativity yes. or develop their own network. Because the type of women that are a part of, especially the St. Louis one, because that's the one I know the most, but yeah. they are powerhouses. You know, yeah. you, you're raising your standards of who you're surrounding yourself just by being in that physical space. And I love it because you never know who's going to walk through that door. You know, we, a lot of executives in St. Louis use it as an executive escape. There's yeah. something to be said about being the boss, right? And sometimes you just need to get out of that office and have a place for you. We have a woman who's the CEO of the YWCA in St. Louis, and I'm obsessed with her, Adrian Bracey. She's mm -hmm. incredible. She used to be the CFO of the Rams, Mm -hmm. So she is this woman who worked in the NFL as a CFO. Like that's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and she's just incredible and an inspiration. And she once a week gets out of her office and comes and utilizes Rise as an escape. A lot of corporate America in St. Louis are joining because it's nice to get out of your office. Yeah. And, and so we, we aren't your traditional co-working. People assume co-working means startup. We are not a startup community. Not to say that we don't have any, because we have a few, but our community is a professional women from all walks of life who really care about being in a positive, energetic community to collaborate and connect. And more importantly, they care about giving back to the next generation. I think a part of too, what is really draws me to what you're doing is that women intentionally are putting themselves in that space that is more than just needing a place to set up your laptop and type. I mean, that's, that's right. I think that that's, that's part of what I just love is that it's an intentional choice to be in this space, not because you need an office. So that's the difference. I mean, co-working spaces, I want to say like, let's even go back 10 years ago. They were primarily about people that couldn't afford their full office or their sharing <laughs> space. I mean, that's how it started. Well, it was right? very tech focused, right? A lot yeah. of dudes in tech wanted a place to congregate. And they're designed oftentimes by men for men. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's just not what I'm looking for. Right. 
And so our space feels like a more professional coffee shop. Uh, a lot of our inspiration was behind the Amex Centurion Lounge at the airport. I don't know if you've ever been there, no. but they're awesome because they feel professional yet warm and comfortable. It's like this third space where you can hang out all day and you can see clients, but you also feel like you're at home. Like we have an open floor plan kitchen that has this large island that everyone congregates just like at home around the island, mm. right? And so, you know, and we also aren't transient. We require six months to year commitments because there's something to be said about walking in and everyone knowing your name, you know, the whole cheers effect. And my job when I'm there and my staff's job when they're there is to play hostess. Like, hi, Sally, do you know Jane? Jane does this. Sally does this. You know, we're still little kids at heart and sometimes are embarrassed to introduce ourselves. So we take that off the table. We don't want people sitting next to each other, not talking, but I get it. I'm, I hate inter like awkwardly introducing myself. So we make the introductions for you. We help with that. And that's, that has to be a part of why so many people that are a part of Rise are experiencing growth in their business. Absolutely. Because it's awkward at times. And so why not just make it easy on them? Well, plus, you know, rising tides raises all ships. Love it. So going back to your comment about, you know, you are the you know, summary of the five people you spend the most time with. If you're spending your time working in a creative space with thought leaders that literally are pushing the boundaries of what women can accomplish, because we know that female-owned businesses, you know, percentage-wise, have a much lower rate of success. You are changing that rate by creating this space. Is that's that's amazing? I love what you're doing, Stacey. And I thank you. And I love that corporate's picking up on it too. Like I have a gal who works at a bank, right? And the bank she works at is very male dominated, which most banks are. Yeah. Her bank pays for her to have a place to come once a week, right? Because they know that her being out of the office around these women is great for the bank. It's great for her. It's a win-win-win. And so I love that it's not just business owners. Don't get me wrong. A lot of our members are business owners, but it's more than that. And we're going to have one more quick message from our sponsors that helps bring you these amazing guests like Stacy. So stay tuned. Well, I'm so excited, Stacey. Let's hear about the Denver location because for yeah. all my listeners, and, and we're going to add this in the show notes if you're catching this late, but I'm really excited that Grit and Grace podcast is going to be working out of Rise Collaborative <laughs> and Corporate Cause Agency, my company. I am going to plant myself yes. in Rise Collaborative. I am a 100% in because I love what Stacey's doing. I love the idea of these powerhouse women coming together. And if you have not checked out the space or have met have not yet met Stacy you need to do so this <laughs> well, is the place for you you're so wonderful yeah and you know our founding members like yourself that coming into the table get me more and more excited because you know the women who are joining get it and they want to be a part of this movement because really I know that sounds nerdy but it really is a movement to me it's so much more than a business it's a movement because mm. imagine when rice collaboratives are all over the world and that you have this commonality you can be in Denver and connect with a woman in Dallas and know that you're connected with this bigger vision so, okay. So a question for you, just think about when you're, cause I know your goal is to scale this and have it Absolutely. all. And if that's the case, will you have like access to space in another city yeah. when you're there? Oh my gosh. Well, and so let's answer your first question and then touch okay. on that. So Denver, so St. Louis is 6,000 square feet. Like I said, 11 private offices. We sold out of those offices immediately. And so we are like, okay, we need to go bigger in Denver. So in Denver, we have 11,000 square feet. We're just outside of Cherry Creek you know, right close to this big area that's booming. I don't know how familiar you are, but at 9th in Colorado, there's this huge new development mm. happening. 
happening. And I'd like to tell you that that's why I picked this space, but I didn't fully understand <laughs> all the cool things that were coming. And now I'm just so excited. It makes me look really smart, even though well, I was Plus, the building right next door, it has a chocolatier. Oh I'm my just God, saying, right? I, I mean, how can, how can you not want to work in a space that has a chocolatier, like right next door? I know. We're going to have a chocolate and wine event really soon in January Yay. for our family of members. Yeah, I'll make sure you know about it. But yeah, so we're right outside of Cherry Creek. Uh, on the top of the building where Snooze is, right by, Cherry, right by Trader Joe's where they have wine. Apparently, the Trader Joe's with wine is a big deal here. I'm learning that. Oh, I didn't know. Yes, okay. not from Denver, but I guess that's a big deal. So we're there on the top of the second floor of the U.S. Bank, which is really funny to me because in St. Louis, our first location is on the second floor of U.S. Bank. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah, it will be weird if our third one is too, but we'll get there. Yeah. So 11,000 square feet. In St. Louis, we just have 6,000 square feet and it's all one open area. And I have some members that like quiet and want to focus. And I have some members that really want the buzz and you know having coffee meetings. And it's challenging because it's all one space. In Denver, I got a larger space where I could kind of separate that energy out. Mm. I have one side that are where the 14 private offices are and are kind of for the quiet, serious people focusing. And then I have this other side that's a whole nother 5,000 square feet that's like wide open and bright with tons of windows. That's for the buzz and the drop-in members um, and huge, large events like my I was just going to come, hopefully. Yes, yes we are going to bring Brene into this wait. space. Well, it's going to happen. I can't wait for that to happen. But in the meantime, like in St. Louis, um, Nicole Miller, the designer mm. that's been around for 30 years, she reached out to us and came and put on an event. She flew from New York to St. Louis to put on an event. Um, and I got the chance to interview her, which was amazing. And now we're in talks about bringing Nicole Miller to Denver. Awesome. So we're, you know, we're looking to really bring some big names to this space and host really great events for both members and non-members. Mm -hmm. We just want to be the hub of women empowerment. We don't have to be everything to everyone, but how can we support all the amazing organizations that Denver already has and create a home for them? Yeah, that sounds amazing. And I think that there is space for everyone in Denver. It doesn't matter what city you're at, you know, women are coming together and finding ways to support each other and rise in their own way. And that happens in a variety of ways, you know, in, in Rise Collaborative's case, you know, it's a little, the approach is a little different because it is an intentional gathering of women that are literally raising tides for everyone. And I, I really love that. And part of what I love about it is that for me personally, you know, my kids are grown and they're, you know, college age. And I've been thinking before you and I had a chance to meet, and I got super excited about you coming to Denver. I, I've looked at other options and I know that I don't, I don't need childcare. That's not, that's not right. my thing. I don't, and some people do, and that's great for them. And I don't, there are specific things that I do and I don't need. One right. thing that I, I know that I do need is top notch top-notch technology because mm -hmm. wherever I land, this podcast is coming with me. Absolutely. And that, that means I need someone that has that open mind to understand that what I'm doing with this podcast is going to need a home, a space, and then that is going to grow from there. So that's part of what really attracted me yeah. to what yeah. you're doing is that you're thinking wide and big. You're not just thinking of today. You're thinking of what are we going to need a year from now? Well, and going back to your earlier conversation around kids, you know, our 270 members, there's some that are like you and there's some with kids, right? And we mm -hmm. have a variety, but going back to those core values, one of our core values is professional polish. 
Yeah. Right. And if that's our core value, then we need to find a way to support our members with and without kids in a meaningful way to still accomplish that goal. So, you know, we partner with organizations like Nano App, who is a childcare app on demand here in Denver. And we have somebody in St. Louis like that too, so that we can still honor their needs, but still yeah, have our professional polish so our women can level up. And that's right. our goal. And going back to your earlier question, so about connecting in the different cities. Yeah. So we have this awesome software that's a portal for our members. And I thought coming to Denver that they would be on different portals, like the Denver people would be over here and the St. Louis people would be over here and they wouldn't interconnect. I was wrong. Good old technology. I'm always learning with technology. Our portal actually has it. So all of our St. Louis and Denver people are all on that same portal. You just toggle to be able to be like, ooh, just Denver or just St. Louis. So imagine the power of that portal when we are in Denver, or sorry, not just Denver, Dallas or Scottsdale or all these other cities we want to get to, Paris, if you will, and you can be able to connect and have this commonality with all of these women. And then we're creating social capital for so many women. So you can go into a brand new city and have that common um, thing that connects you with those women. Well, first of all, Paris is a yes. That definitely should be next on the list. And I was oh, going to say, right? can we or can we not choose a warm location next? Yes, I mean, can we choose a place? Yeah, I mean, can we can we go there? Because I would like to know that if I want to go work in a warm place, that right? I've already got a, a team of sisters there ready right. to rock it with me. Well, Dallas is warm and Scottsdale. Yes, good, Maybe good. we'll add Florida to the list. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, but Paris. Let's go back to Paris because I, know, right? I think that would be incredible. Yeah, and oh. imagine the the cross cultural right. work that would be done. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, <laughs> this is just really amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. I love everything that you're doing, Stacey. And I know we didn't really, there's so much more that I want to talk <laughs> to you about. I know we only have a few minutes left, but I'm, you know, I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about how you're settling into Denver. What do you think so far? Well, it's funny. I never thought I would pick up and move to Denver, but you know, situations change. And now I have an apartment right at ninth in Colorado, two blocks from our location. And I love it. Denver is mm-hmm. such a special place and I am so solar powered. So it being cold, but yet sunny. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Denver's yeah. just such a unique, cool place. So I'm honored and lucky to be able to call this my second home. Maybe we should stop telling people it's so wonderful. I know, right? I know it's hard <laughs> being from Denver and everyone's walking here, but I, I'm drinking it's okay. Kool-Aid. It's okay. I think that I think that we are we are an amazing we are in an amazing state overall. And I've lived in different places. I've spent you know 14 years in Toronto, and I've been all over the world, and yet I still come back to the same place because it is truly incredible. So welcome. We're glad to have you here. We're glad that you're here. All your energy and the great stuff that you're doing, um, it's you're going to make a, a, a big change for the better in this state. So I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. Well, it's such an honor to be able to be part of this movement and have women like yourself believing in what we're doing and wanting to be a part of the ride. So thank you for that. Yeah, you can tell I'm really excited. So <laughs> for those of you just listening, we are I'm telling you, we're announcing that I am going to be working out of Rise Collaborative. And so is this podcast. So some point down the road, very soon, you're going to hear me interview Stacy again. <laughs> once, once we're like live and in the space, we'll do a big podcast. I think we should do it with all of the 
founding members in Denver. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Figure out how to do that. Yeah, because what you're referencing is I got great advice that we should have a social media room. Yes. Or a room that's, you know, a me- maybe we'll just call it a media room and not a social media room. But yeah. this idea of a room where you could do live Facebook or Instagram or even potentially record a podcast. We're still figuring out the technology, but we're doing it. There's a room dedicated to all this. So. Yeah, which I love because I've got the technology. You give me the space right. and I'll make it happen. Well, we're working on it. We try to listen to our, we don't try. We listen to our members and just yeah. find out what they need and want and create it. One of the other people in Denver told me I needed to have a bathroom, a private bathroom with a shower. So mm. guess what? We will have a private bathroom with a shower so our women have what they need. I love listening to what people need and then creating it. And you know, Stacey, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm very dedicated to my fitness goals. So I'm oh, glad to hear that. about the shower. So <laughs> I'm a firm believer in when you strengthen the body, it strengthens the mind. So I have a policy, you know, I, I teach Krav Maga and I am a strength athlete. So I, I lift and work out heavy regularly, mm-hmm. but I also have a timer that goes off on my phone every 60 minutes. And that means I get up and I move. And you know what I do on days like today where I'm not having a heavy lift, I do like 20 jumping jacks, 20 squats, 20 sit-ups, and I just move. I spend anywhere from two to four minutes doing like an intense movement, even in my suit. It doesn't I matter. I could be in jean suit, heels. I chuck the heels to the side for a minute, go barefoot. <laughs> but those little spurts of movement throughout the day changes people's lives. So just expect that you're going to see me over in front of the window <laughs> doing jumping jacks and squats in the middle of the day. Hey, you do so you. I love that. Yeah, yeah I well, maybe it. we'll have everybody do it, and then there we, we go. <laughs> I, I think it's great. We're all about creating an environment where you can be you, and if that's what you is, that's great. I had a woman the other day pumping, you know, covering herself and pumping in the open area. It's like if you're yeah. comfortable, that's you. You know, I, it, we want you to be able to shed your armor and be whoever it is you are. And people always ask me, is there a dress code at Rise? Because I like to wear dresses every day. So people assume you have to wear a dress. That's just me. I'm like, I don't care if you're in workout wear, jeans, whatever you so choose. If that's you, great. More power to you. You do you. That that was the selling point for me. As soon as you mm-hmm. and I first met and we had that conversation, because you know, I'm I like my holy jeans. Yeah. Really oh, yeah. And they've been blessed, you know, like, <laughs> is ripped and shredded. And, but I also like to wear dressy shirts and some days I might like to put a dress on. So knowing I can wear whatever I want is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Because we're not here to judge people. We're here to give them a space where they can be authentic and yes. whatever authentic looks like is, is great. So Stacy, okay. This is- <laughs> This literally, we could talk forever. We're going to keep this conversation going. So listeners, stay tuned. You're going to hear more from Stacey down the road. And Stacey, tell people where they can find out more about getting information on the Denver's launch and opening and, and yes. opportunities. Where, where can they find you? Well, first of all, I love me some social media. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, look up Rise Collaborative Workspace. Be careful. You got to look up Rise Collaborative Workspace, not just Rise Collaborative, because there's a cool company called Rise Collaborative out in another, in Buffalo, New York. So Rise Collaborative Workspace. They're okay. awesome. People sometimes tweet at them and they're like, nope, you're looking for Rise Collaborative Workspace. That's so hilarious. Be careful when you search for us. Uh, LinkedIn, follow me personally, Stacey Todman on LinkedIn. Uh, people often comment that they find Rise Collaborative through LinkedIn or Instagram. So okay. uh, those are great places. Our website is riseworkspace.com. 
and you can type in slash Denver if you want to find out specific things to Denver. RiseWorkspace.com slash Denver. And honestly, what I'm doing here in Denver right now is having coffee with women, trying to get to know women. Whether you end up being a member or not, I need to break into this amazing community and find out what's going on. So yeah. I would love to hear from you and I would love to grab coffee with you at that chocolate space right next door yes. our space. Yes. And give people, you a sneak peek. Sneak people, it's worth it. If you if you have any interest, go meet with Stacy and let her give you a tour. And we will go ahead and put all of this information in the show notes so people can find you. Awesome. And Stacy, I have one last question for you, <laughs> which I ask all of my guests, which is what percentage of grit and grace are you? What a great question. We're, you know, I love the duality of those words at Rice Collaborative. I don't know if you've seen our logo, but we have this navy and this purple, right? Because I, I believe you can be both. You can be feminine and masculine, grit yes. and grace. So girl, I'm going to go with 100. I don't know if that's weird or not, but I believe in duality. And that you're equal equal parts, both. Oh, absolutely. I oh, am I all grit it. and all grace and all feminine and masculine. It's about duality and embracing both sides of yourself and not having to choose. So I'm going full on equal. I love that. And in fact, that'd probably be 50-50 instead of 100. Because I mean, you can say you're 100 of both. I mean, (laughs) actually you are. You're like 200%. So we're going to give you the 100. But yeah, I I strive for that. I strive for that. I'm, I'm probably... 80, 70 to 80% grit and 30 to 20% grace on most days, mostly just because I'm still in such a mode of building and growing. And um, I strive for that. And so maybe half of my days I'm more gritty and then half the days I'm, I'm equal, but I love that. And that's why I have a dress on every day, right? Like yeah. I am a hardcore businesswoman, grit, getting after it, negotiating leases for six months on end. But then I also embrace my feminine side and want to wear a dress. So I'm right there with you. I th- I've always felt like a walking contradiction and felt yes. like that was bad. But now I'm trying to own it and say, you don't have to choose. You're talking to the girl with bra- blonde, beautiful curls and a full <laughs> sleeve of tattoos. So I totally get it. You know, I yeah. can put the suit on and people can think, oh, she's just your average middle age, you know, woman working in business and then I take off my jacket and it's like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute, who is that? So I, I know, t- right? Keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. Exactly. You're exactly. to the choir over here, girl. So thank you. Well, Stacy, thank you so much. This has been absolutely incredible having you and people, you need to meet Stacy. You need to check out this space. Go visit her website at riseworkspace.com forward slash Denver. We'll put all the information in the show notes and check out what's happening in Denver because you're going to find me there and you're going to find so many other amazing women. It's going to be a place that you want to be. So my friends, go be fierce.